Good morning. It's so great to be with you this morning. We want to jump right into Bible reading. Um, I'm reading from John 21 and from verse 4 through to 19. Early in the morning, Jesus stood up on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment round him for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred meters. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Amen. Just to give you a little bit of context, if you don't know me, um, I was born here in London to a Nigerian dad and a Jamaican mom. And um, I grew up in, in this country until I was four and then we moved to Nigeria. If we were filling a form in my family, we'd say that we were Christians on the form, but that, that was it. Um, I didn't come to know Jesus, the love of Jesus, until I got to university. So just a little bit of context, and I'll tell you more about my journey to faith as we go on through the talk. What I would like to talk to you today is about how Jesus lifts us up. In the passage we have just read, we find Jesus early in the morning on the shore waiting for Peter. And I think Jesus is waiting for Peter because, you know, Peter must be feeling really rubbish right now. I don't know about you, but if you had a friend who you'd been close for three years straight, you'd eaten together, prayed together, 
the friend had come to your house and healed your mother-in-law. He had helped you in your fishing uh, profession and even helped you calm an actual storm. Only for you to turn around and, not, and deny him, not once, not twice, but three times. Now, as if that wasn't already bad enough, I've now gone fishing all night, something that I'm known for, I'm supposed to be really good at, and I have caught nothing. Now, I don't know about you, but I think we can all agree that pizza must be feeling rubbish. It reminds me of when I was going to university or trying to go to university, and it was the end of exams after secondary school in Nigeria. They said we had to wait behind in boarding school in the holidays to prepare for these exams. Now, because I have a Nigerian dad, I know that the best thing I can do is write a long list of all the things that I would need to ensure my success. So I sent him this long list. I would need the best stationery, the best notebooks, fancy pens, everything. I would need uh, snacks and drinks to make me go through the midnight oil and toil and study so hard. Now, of course, my dad got me everything. I even added that I needed a bright, shiny alarm clock to wake me up at night. And yep, he got it for me. Just like many people have received GCSE results now and A-levels, I was now sitting with my dad in the living room as he was opening the envelope that would make him so proud of me. My heart started beating loudly because I remember sleepless nights, but it wasn't studying. I had been partying all night with my friends. There were lots of treats, we were eating, everything. I never even used that alarm clock. So I was sure that as he opened that envelope that I had failed those exams. I knew that the man who had invested so much in me was going to be very disappointed indeed. And so perhaps this is just a fraction of how Peter is feeling. And that's why Jesus makes sure he's standing on the shore in the morning waiting for Peter as he returns. Let's look at three things that Jesus offers Peter to lift him up out of this dark time he finds himself. The first thing that Jesus offers Peter to lift him up is friendship. Peter, who doesn't exactly know how to be a true friend, I mean, he's denied his friend three times, is being shown what true friendship is like. And Jesus initiates this friendship by being present at a very difficult time, the time when we need our friends the most, someone to reassure us that everything will be okay. Jesus starts the conversation by saying, friends, haven't you caught any fish? Jesus, the Lord of Lords, who has just conquered sin and death, starts the conversation on Peter's terms. I don't know if you've ever been in a conversation with somebody where all they wanna do is talk about themselves. See, for me, if I was Jesus, I might have started it by saying, hey, followers, have you caught the revelation yet that I am the very son of God? But no. We see Jesus here instead thinking about Peter and how he can be a friend to him in this situation of unsuccessful fishing. He shows up for Peter in the ordinariness of his day-to-day -day life. At first, Peter does not recognize Jesus, and this is how it is for many of us. We're going through so much and we try many things to get us out of the struggle, except the one thing that can truly set us free Jesus is right there in plain sight, 
and we keep choosing everything else. There is a Jesus-shaped hole in all of us that of course only Jesus can fill. That's how it was for me when I eventually made it to university. When I got there, all I wanted to be was popular, get invited to all the best parties, and dress up really well. I had no intention of studying. Evidently, I hadn't learned any lessons from failing my first set of exams. I was trying to fill that Jesus-shaped hole with the approval of human beings, popularity, and the latest clothes. So one day, after many invitations to church by my roommates, I finally went to see what all the fuss was about. But as soon as I walked into that church service, they hadn't even started preaching, no worship, I just started crying. It's because I recognized Jesus on the shore saying, friend, haven't you caught any fish? And like Peter, my answer was no, no boyfriend, no fancy clothes, no social standing had saved me. And so like Peter, I jumped, left everything behind and went after Jesus. Jesus says in John 15 verse 13, Greater love has no man than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. And this is what Peter, me, and several of us here have responded to. We've responded to a love so selfless that it gives up everything for us. And we all need this friendship and love from Jesus for this journey called life. The second thing that Jesus offers Peter to lift him up is direction. Not only does Jesus offer us friendship, he offers us wisdom and guidance for the journey in every area of our life. When Jesus' friends cry out no in response to the question, haven't you caught any fish? Jesus goes on to give them an answer to their predicament. He redirects them and says, cast your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. I wonder what area of your life you need to bring to Jesus today. For me, even though I had now responded to Jesus, there were still many areas of my life that needed direction from him. When I first came to Christ, I was bold. I told everybody I saw about Jesus. My friends saw the difference in me and they too wanted Jesus. But fast forward many years later, and I had got many knocks on my head from this uh, world called li this life. I had lost my voice and I had lost my confidence. I was now a middle-aged woman in a world that tried to tell me I was past it, that I wasn't relevant. I didn't have anything more to bring. I'll be in a meeting and I kid you not, I will say a sentence and it would literally be as if I hadn't spoken. And so I stopped speaking and I started hiding. I started applying for only jobs where it didn't require leadership. And I, I look at Peter and I wonder, perhaps Peter was hiding too, and now only fishing at night. But I want to tell you that Jesus had other plans for Peter, P plans that didn't involve Peter hiding himself. And Jesus has plans for you too. He wants to show you what side of the, of the boat to cast your net? When I started feeling the call to ordination, first of all, it was a shock. 
And I gave God so many reasons why this was not a good idea. By now you know I'm good at writing lists. So I wrote a long list and I took the list that I had heard the world tell me. They said I couldn't speak in public anymore. They said I was past it. They said I didn't have anything to say. I was no longer relevant. And I took this list to God. But all Jesus kept saying was follow me. And I did follow him in small steps. One of the small steps I took was to call my vicar and tell him what I thought that I was feeling. This vicar didn't think that it was too ridiculous, and so the journey began. I began to open my mouth, and Jesus was right there to fill it at every turn. And he sent me a good company of people to help me. And now, in September, I'm, I'll be starting my second year of ordination. Thank you. Now, you can see in Peter's life too that he too went on to do many great things for Jesus. He was instrumental to the early church and he went on to write first and second Peter in the Bible. The casting of the net on the right side of the boat was just the beginning of a life redirected by Jesus. So Jesus offers us friendship. He offers us direction to lift us up out of the darkness. As if that wasn't enough, he offers us something more, and this one really blows my mind. He offers us nourishment. Now, the disciples have had a night, a whole night, of fishing unsuccessfully, and then the experience of hauling in 153 fish. Peter and his friends must be exhausted. I don't know if you've ever had a grueling day in the office, a day so busy that you didn't even have time for lunch. What would be the best thing for you to find when you get home? For me, it's a steaming bowl of Nigerian jollof rice. Preferably taken from the bottom of the pot where all the flavor is. Some fried plantain and grilled chicken. Anybody? Yeah. Now, that's what I would like to find. I remember one uh, winter day in London, I was on the bus coming home from work and um, you know how it is in London, those wet, wintry days. It was only 5 p.m., but it was pitch black outside. It was so cold, and I was clinging onto my winter coat and feeling really sorry for myself until a young boy got on the bus. He couldn't have been more than 11 or 12. And he was in his sports, rugby sports clothes. He was drenched from his head to his toes. He had a gigantic sports bag, and he clung to it for dear life. And then he sat beside me, wetting me as he did so. Immediately, he picks up his phone, and he goes, Hi, Dad. Where is Mom? I've been calling her. Um, it's really cold and wet, and Mom normally runs me a bath? Silence. And then he slumps into his chair, sadly, and he says, Okay, tell Mom to call me. I guess Dad wasn't up for running him a bath. One second later, the phone rings again. He says, hi, Dad. Thank you, Dad. So I guess Dad had a change of mind. And when this young rugby player goes home, he will find a hot, steaming bath waiting for him. And this is what the disciples get from Jesus. Life is tough, and there are going to be many challenges day days ahead as we follow Jesus in our day-to-day -day lives. But in the midst of this, Jesus is always ready with nourishment for our hearts, 
soul, and minds. He says to Peter, who is especially exhausted after running half-dressed into a cold sea, he says, come and have breakfast. Come and have breakfast. So much compassion in the voice of the one who helped him catch the fish in the first place. He could have sat back and said, I already died for you. I already forgave you for denying me three times. I already showed you where to catch the fish. Why don't you come and serve me breakfast? But once again, we find Jesus think on, thinking of his friends first and saying, come. Come to me, all you who are tired, who are weary, you're exhausted. I mean, we've had a grueling two years of pandemics. We've now started hearing about energy prices. You must be tired. But there's a Lord that we serve. His name is Jesus. And today he's saying, come and have breakfast. In John chapter 6, Jesus refers to himself as the bread of life. And he provides nourishment for this challenging journey of life. Nothing else can satisfy us. There was a man in the Bible called Job. He suffered and he went through a lot of challenges. And he knew when he said, I have treasured the words of God's mouth more than my daily bread. We can find this nourishment by spending time with Jesus in prayer and by reading the Bible, Jesus' love letter to us. I use the Bible in one year app, and sometimes I, can, I read just a few verses, sometimes I read the whole lot. And you, there are lots of apps, you could just choose a book at a time, but whatever you do, you will always find comfort, direction, and the deepest love poured out for you on the pages of the Bible. And Jesus is offering us today nourishment through this passage and calling us into a deeper relationship with him. He is offering us friendship, direction, and nourishment for this journey. You might be here and you don't know Jesus. And you're wondering, how can I get to know this Jesus? Or you might be thinking, I've done too many things that will separate me from the love of Jesus. Can I tell you nothing that you could have done that could separate you from Jesus? He is standing on the shore and calling you friend. Or perhaps you are already a friend of Jesus. You might be asking, what next? When the disciples had finished eating, Jesus went a little bit deeper with Peter. Jesus asks Peter to do something with all he has received. He is asking Peter to follow his example and stand on the shore of other people's lives and be a friend to them too. Jesus asks Peter three times, calling him by his full name, Simon, son of John. Peter and Jesus are in a deep relationship, and Jesus uses this time to redirect Peter's life and set him up for his future ministry. I do think it's fair that Jesus asks him three times. After all, Peter has denied him three times, and he needs to remember three times to take care of the sheep, take care of Jesus' friends. Today, Jesus is calling us to follow him. He is our example. He is the standard, not culture, not social media, only Jesus. And he's calling us too to stand on the shore 
on call out to others. You may have a neighbor, a friend, a family member that you can be a friend to. Maybe you can help that elderly neighbor in her garden. Or maybe you can make a cup of coffee for your colleague who's having a bad day, just like Jesus has done for us. And then, of course, it's September. You could invite them for Alpha, which is starting in September. And that one invitation can redirect their lives for Jesus. Now, Peter responded wholeheartedly to this invitation. And we see him doing great things for Jesus. We see him in the book of Acts leading the disciples and healing the sick. And he goes on to write many popular verses. One of my favorites is 1 Peter 5, 7, where he says, cast all your cares on Jesus because he cares for you. Peter has come a long way. And in addition to casting nets, is now casting his cares on Jesus and inviting us to do the same. He has found Jesus to be a true and caring friend indeed. He also says in 1 Peter 2, like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Peter has come to know firsthand the nourishment that Jesus gives through his word and he's encouraging us to do the same. It's a new season, new academic year. Can I encourage you today to let Jesus speak into your identity? You are not your achievements, and you are especially not your failings. You are a child of God. You are a friend of Jesus. And he is standing on the shore today and calling you friend. Can I encourage you? to get to know Jesus a little bit more deeper today. Amen.